I want to share a very brief thought today, and then before we close, if anyone else has something to add or share, um, we have plenty of time. But in Luke chapter 13, we've been sharing on Wednesday nights uh, this series, Out of Bondage into Abundance. And we, of course, are just in the early stages looking at Israel's deliverance out of bondage, and by extension, our deliverance out of the bondage of sin, so that we can serve the Lord, so that we can worship God, so that we can be free to be all that God called us to be. And there's a very interesting story in Luke chapter 13. It's not found in any of the other Gospels. It's only in Luke. And, of course, you may remember, Luke was a physician, and his Gospel includes a lot more uh, accounts of healings and miracles of deliverance, because I think as a physician, that must have really captured his mind and his attention. But here in Luke 13, uh, I'd like to read from verse 10 to 17. It says, On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue ruler said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, You hypocrites! Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound, for 18 long years be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her. When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. Now, we're told in verse 11 that this woman had been crippled for 18 years. And there are a variety of causes for diseases, for infirmities, uh, and the scripture uh, doesn't always tell us what the direct cause of that situation was, but in this case we are told this was not caused by a virus or a bacteria or some kind of an infection. This was a spirit and there are some illnesses, there are some conditions that will not yield to medical treatments because they're not medical in nature. They're spiritual and let me be very clear about this not every cough, not every cold, not every sickness means you're demon-possessed. And it doesn't even mean that every situation is like this woman's. But we are told specifically here that she was crippled by a spirit. And, you know, I've been really pondering this since we started our Wednesday night Bible study on the Israelites coming out of bondage and going into the Promised Land. They were slaves for 400 years. You have to really give that some 
thought. Generation after generation of Israelites, they grew up and they died as slaves. That's all they ever knew. And after a number of generations, you develop a certain mindset, a certain worldview that this is all there is to life. I'm born into slavery. I'm going to die in slavery. Uh, that's all there is to, to my existence. And one of the things we've been touching on on Wednesday nights, and I think it bears repeating here, the Israelites, as well as we, we need to have our minds renewed. While they were still in Egypt, God kept speaking to them, I'm going to bring you out of here, and I'm taking you into a whole different realm, a whole different kind of a life. I'm taking you out of bondage, and I'm taking you into a land that flows with milk and honey. You're not going to sweat and labor and strive in Egypt, I'm sorry, in Canaan, the way you did in Egypt. Life is going to be different there. And I'm wondering if the first few times that they heard those words, if it even registered, if they could even comprehend a better life than the one that they had lived. And as you follow the story, it would seem that some of them never really got it quite right, because after they left Egypt, a lot of them began to long to go back there. And they got so confused that they even thought Egypt was the land flowing with milk and honey. And, oh, if only we could go back to Egypt. We had cucumbers, we had melons, we had leeks. We had such a good life there. Oh, really? The scriptures say they were groaning because of the oppression and the misery and the bondage that was there in Egypt. But sometimes, even you and I, we can be in a situation for so long, this woman was bound for 18 years, that we actually begin to get kind of comfortable, if it's possible to use that word, comfortable in our bondage. And we don't really want any change. We want people's pity. We kind of want people to feel sorry for us. And we would rather just stay the way we are. And there's another story told in the Gospel of John of a man who had been uh, lame for 38 years, sitting by the pool, waiting for the angel to stir the water. And he said, every time the angel comes down, somebody gets in there before I do. And Jesus asked that man, what do you want? That's an interesting question. Jesus often asked people with different illnesses and bondages, what do you want me to do for you? Well, I mean, why did he even need to ask that? Of course, we want to be healed. Of course, we want to be set free. But not so fast. I have known people who were actually comfortable in their bondage, comfortable even in their illness, and they really didn't want to change. They had gotten used to the welfare and the pity and everybody feeling sorry for them that in their heart of hearts, I don't think they really wanted a change in their lives. And I think the longer uh, one of these conditions lasts, sometimes the more difficult it is to have the hope and the faith that I can break out of this thing. This woman had been bound for 18 years. It says that she was crippled by a spirit. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. That's interesting. I was looking at these words, and it also, the Hebrew, I'm sorry, the Greek word can also suggest she couldn't even look up. She was so bent over, so bowed down, so twisted and deformed by this spirit, not only she could not straighten up, she couldn't look up. And, you know, this is one thing the devil likes 
likes to do to people. Bend them over, bring them to a place where they can't even look up. You know, to me, that means you no longer have any hope. If you can't look up to God, then you can't even have hope. There's no light coming into your situation. So she was crippled, she's bent over, and she could not straighten up at all. And that, the Greek word there, is the the word that literally means to straighten something. We get words like orthopedic, and orth, the, the root word is ortho, it means straight. She could not be straight because of this spirit. She couldn't straighten herself up. She couldn't stand straight and tall, and she surely she couldn't look up. She couldn't lift up. She couldn't do anything up. And, you know, we're surrounded by people who may not have this kind of a physical condition, but I, I'm heartened to hear a couple of the testimonies that we had earlier this morning of how God is using different ones in our little group to minister to people who are in bondage, who have been bowed down sometimes for years with cares, with burdens, even with demonic uh, oppressions. And I want to encourage every one of us, God has given us the power to help straighten people. He's given us the power to give them hope and help them to straighten up their lives so they can begin to look up and lift up their heads and lift up their hands and give praise to God. It says in verse 12, when Jesus saw her, he called her forward. Now, there are a couple of other examples of this in the scriptures where people had some sort of a physical ailment that would have hindered their ability to move. And yet, Jesus' word is so powerful when he speaks to someone with a withered hand and he says, stretch out your hand, the hand is healed as it's stretched out. And this woman could have sat there after hearing Jesus' word and said, who does he think he is? He's calling me forward? I can't come forward. I'm all bent over. I've been like this for 18 years. But you don't see that. She didn't argue. She didn't fight with with Jesus' word to her. She responded to the living word of God. And Jesus, in calling her, he says, you are set free from your infirmity. You are set free. Then he put his hands on her and immediately noticed the words. She straightened up. And again, she she looked up would also be a part of the meaning of that word. She immediately straightened up, looked up, and she started to praise God. She's now able to lift up her voice, lift up her hands, lift up her head. She's no longer bowed down, bent over. You know, we may never have this kind of a physical crippling condition, but many of us can come to a place in our walk with God where we're so bowed down with heaviness, with care, with discouragement. We really can't lift ourselves up. And I don't know about you, but I have found myself in that condition many times where I've had to call on the Lord and say, Lord, you're the lifter of my head. I can't even lift my head today. I am so down. I'm so discouraged. I'm so weak. I'm so beaten up. I need you to lift me up. And you know, the the experience that you have will strengthen your faith for the next time you're in a situation like that. And you'll be able to praise God along with King David and said, he's the glory and the lifter.
lifter of my head. Well, if if you praise God as the lifter of your head, you must have been in a pretty bad situation where you couldn't even lift your own head up and God had to lift it for you. And we, we go through these experiences not because God wants to torture us or torment us, but he wants us to know him as our helper, as our strengthener, as our lifter. And I, I guarantee you from this day on, this woman knew God and knew the Son of God, Jesus Christ, as her lifter. Praise God. He has lifted me up. He has straightened me up. And now I can look up. You know, God wants us to walk uprightly. There are many scriptures about that. And, of course, it talks about a righteous life. But, you know, it's it's something even simpler than that. It says in the Old Testament that one of the things God wanted for his people, Israel, was for them to walk with their heads held high. Think about that. Walk with your heads held high. He told them, I want you to be the head and not the tail. God never wanted his people to be beaten down, bent over. All we can see is the ground. We can't lift up our eyes and look at the heavens and the the glory of God. God wants us to walk uprightly with a straight back, with a straight life, and with our heads held high. We may not be president or king. We may not be Super Bowl champion. We may not be on the Fortune 500 list. We may not be a billionaire or a millionaire. But I'm telling you something. We can walk with our heads held high. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. I am a child of God. That's enough for me to be able to lift up my head, to be able to praise God today, and to be able to walk with my head held high. Now, as was often the case, whenever Jesus did a miracle, there were two different groups. There was one group praising God, marveling at the wonderful things he was doing, hanging on his every word, and then there were the hypocrites, the Pharisees, the legalists, the critics, those who were always down on whatever he was doing. And this is almost hilarious, but it's really very sad. Verse 14, it says, indignant because Jesus had healed. Now just think about those words. Indignant because Jesus had healed. How foolish religion can make us. How foolish our own little critical spirits can make us. I don't care if she was healed on Monday night or Tuesday morning or Saturday at noon. She got healed. Praise God. But they're indignant because this happened on their Sabbath. And the synagogue ruler said to the people, there are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. What what foolishness. Can you imagine the pastor standing up in church saying, all right, there are six days for people to get healed. Don't come here on Sunday and expect any kind of healing. We'll do that uh, Monday through Saturday, but don't mess up the Sunday services. Come in here sick. The Lord answered him, you hypocrites. Doesn't each of you, even on the Sabbath, untie his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give water? In other words, you're even compassionate to your beasts on the Sabbath. Look how hard religion has made your hearts. Here's a woman who's been healed on the Sabbath, and you guys are all upset. Pay close attention to verse 16. Should not this woman, a daughter 
daughter of Abraham. Jesus confirms this is a Jewish woman. She's not a Gentile. This daughter of Abraham, and even though she was a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years. Can't be any clearer than that. This was not caused by a virus or a bacteria. Satan has been keeping this daughter of Abraham bound for 18 long years. Should she not be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? And one thing we're going to be looking at in more detail uh, next time around on our Bible study is one of the main reasons why God wanted to set the Israelites free, the same reason he wanted to set this woman free, and the same reason he wants to deliver you and me from any and every kind of bondage, burden, oppression, weight, anything that is bowing us down and hindering us, is he wants to set us free so that we can serve him. Over and over you find those words in Exodus when Moses would go before Pharaoh and challenge him and Pharaoh would refuse. God would send another plague. Pharaoh would have a little temporary lapse. He would change his mind, say, okay, you all can go. And then he would change his mind. Moses would be right back. Every time he would say the same thing. Let my people go so that they may serve me. Very important. Let my people go so that they may serve me. And it's almost humorous. And again, it's not humorous. It's dead serious. But you can almost laugh when you read the story in Exodus of these exchanges between Pharaoh and Moses. And if you really pray, I think the Holy Spirit will open your eyes to see that the same thing goes on with the devil now. And when Moses would challenge Pharaoh with those words, let my people go that they may serve me, initially Pharaoh said, no, no way. Matter of fact, we're going to make your life even harder now. You're going to make bricks without straw. And God would send a plague. Then Moses would go back to Pharaoh. Pharaoh would say, all right, we have a deal. You all can worship God. You can serve your God, but you don't need to leave Egypt to do it. You can stay here in Egypt. Notice how the devil tries to make us compromise, tries to make deals with us. Thank God for Moses. He had a a clear understanding of what God wanted to do, and he would not compromise. So Pharaoh says, stay here in Egypt and serve your God. Moses' response was, no, we have to leave this place, and we're going out from here to serve the Lord. Then Pharaoh changed his mind, said, all right, nothing doing. You're not going anywhere. God sends another plague. Pharaoh softens his heart momentarily, calls Moses back, and says, okay, I'm sorry. You all can go, but just the men. The women and children stay with me in Egypt. The men can go, and you can do whatever you need to do for your God. You know, I've been praying about that one a lot, because a lot of us are in this situation where, praise God, we've come to the to the Lord, we're serving the Lord, but one or more of our children aren't. And I think it's the same spirit that we're confronting. Okay, you can be saved, you can follow the Lord, but not your children. Your children are going to be with me. Moses said, nothing doing. We're going, the women are going, and the children are going. Pharaoh got mad again, and he said, all right, nobody's going. Another plague comes. Pharaoh softens his heart, calls Moses back, says, okay, I'm getting tired of all these plagues. Go. But we're keeping
keeping all your livestock. Men can go, women can go, children can go, but we're keeping all your livestock. Moses said, sorry, the livestock are going too. Those are for sacrifices. We need those animals. We're going to be sacrificing them to our God in the wilderness. And Pharaoh gets mad again. And I love the word that Moses speaks to Pharaoh. Not a hoof will be left behind. And that's the that's the kind of position you and I need to take for ourselves, for our children, and for anyone else that we're ministering to. No Satan, nobody's going to be left behind in Egypt. Not a hoof is staying behind. We're all coming out of this place because we must be set free to serve the Lord. And of course, we're going to see uh, much more clearly in our Bible study that it was only when the blood of the Lamb was shed that they were really set free from their bondage. And in one single night, every man, every woman, every child, every cow, every sheep, everything was delivered out of Egypt. It says 600,000 men, probably estimates are around 2 to 3 million men, women, and children, after 400 years of bondage, were delivered in one single night through the blood of lambs. Oh, my friend, let me tell you something today. We got more than the blood of lambs now. We got the blood of Jesus Christ, our Passover lamb, and not a hoof is staying behind in Egypt. We're all coming out. We're all going to be set free. Our children are coming out. They're going to be set free because they also are going to serve the Lord. And we have to be firm just like Moses was firm with Pharaoh. Doesn't matter how much he hardens his heart. Doesn't matter how much he fights with us. They are coming out and not a hoof is going to stay behind. In Luke chapter 4, scriptures that we've often read, but good to come back to these because in a nutshell, this defines the ministry that Christ had while he was here on earth and we are continuing this ministry now because the same anointing that came upon him, the same Holy Spirit that came upon him is now in you and in me. And not only are we to do everything that he lists here, we're to do greater works than these. Luke chapter 4, verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. This is Jesus talking in the synagogue. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me, note these words, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and note these words, to release the oppressed. So two of the things that are mentioned here deal specifically with deliverance out of bondage and being set free. Freedom for the prisoners and release for the oppressed. It says in Acts 10.38 that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went around doing good, healing all, 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 all who were oppressed by the devil. Oppressed by the devil. The Spirit of the Lord is on you and on me also because he has also anointed us to preach good news to the poor. He has sent us into this world to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor.
favor. I want to pray today. I want to pray for all of us, and then I want to pray for those whom we are ministering to, those whom we are praying for, maybe children, maybe grandchildren, maybe extended family, maybe friends, neighbors, co-workers. I really feel a quickening in my spirit. God wants to use us as agents to bring deliverance to people who are in bondage, drug addicts, alcoholics, people with mental and emotional problems, people who have been bound maybe for 18 or maybe even 38 years. I don't know how long. People who have been bound for many, many years with depression, with discouragement, with hopelessness, with uncleanness. It can be any number of things. Maybe even like the woman we read about, some kind of a physical infirmity. Now, you know, there are coughs and there are colds and there are sicknesses that we get and God heals us. Praise God for that. But once in a while, you'll meet someone and God will give you the discernment that this is a spirit. And and I'm not going to mention the name right now, but there's someone that's in my mind right now who used to come to our church. And I'll tell you, they have a spirit of infirmity. This isn't, and, and it's been confirmed by doctors. Doctors have checked and checked and checked. They've done tests and tests and tests. They can't find out what's wrong with this individual. It's a spirit that has had this person bound for years. They can't serve the Lord. They can't walk with God. They can't go forward in their spiritual life. They're bound. We need to pray through for people like this. Be loose in Jesus' name. Let them go so that they may serve the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your anointing. I feel your power on this phone line today. I thank you for your anointing that can break every yoke, every bondage, that can release prisoners, that can set the oppressed free. God, we are praying together and we are agreeing and we are speaking release, deliverance, freedom to all of our children, our grandchildren, our friends, our relatives, our co-workers, all those that we are trying to minister to now, oh God. We are believing for a supernatural flow of your anointing to touch them and to set them free. Lord, what the doctors, what the psychiatrists, what the psychologists weren't able to fix, you can fix instantly, immediately, just as we read about this woman after 18 years of being bound by the devil. In an instant, she straightened up, she looked up, she lifted up her voice, lifted up her eyes, and I'm sure she lifted up her hands to heaven, praising and glorifying God. Lord, we are believing that this is the year of jubilee. This is the year when people get set free and they enter into your rest. They enter into your fullness and your abundance, O God. And Lord, we are praying again, especially for our children. Not a hoof will be left behind in Egypt. They are all coming out to serve the Lord. We don't care what Pharaoh thinks. We don't care what Satan has tried to speak over their lives. Your word has power. And God, you are bringing them out to serve you, to worship you, to glorify you. And God, we claim every child, every grandchild, every niece, every nephew, every brother, every sister, every mother, mother, father, grandmother, grandfather, every member of our extended family, cousins, uncles, aunts, bring them out in the mighty name of Jesus. Loose them and set them free so that they can serve the living God. Father, pour out your mighty power 
power in these last days. God, we are surrounded by people who are bound with drugs, with alcohol, with mental and emotional illnesses. Break those bondages. Release the prisoners. Let them hear the good news of the gospel that Jesus paid it all on the cross of Calvary. And there is wonder-working power, mighty power in the blood of Jesus Christ, our Passover lamb. God, we plead the blood of Jesus over their doors. We plead the blood of Jesus over their minds, over their hearts, over their lives. Set them free. Any, O God, that are bound with a spirit of infirmity, we break that bondage in the name of Jesus. We release your healing power, even in physical bodies, to straighten up crooked lives, straighten up bodies that have been bent and warped and destroyed by the power of Satan. Straighten them up, O God. Heal them in Jesus' mighty name. And God, I pray for every member of this congregation and all those that are on this uh, phone line today, give us boldness to know who we are in Jesus Christ. Boldness to lay hands on the sick. Boldness to prophesy. Boldness to declare the good news of the gospel, that it is done, it is finished. By your stripes they were healed, and you have sent us to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the year of release, the year of freedom, the year of entering into your rest, Almighty God. Lord, bless each and every one today. Let them be encouraged. Let them be strengthened by your mighty power. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.